Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. you um i'm good i have the child here that you'll hear about when we start our recording but i told had to turn off the tv because she was laughing so hard in my last call that people were like what is that i love that (laughs) she was laughing at animal videos on youtube so easy to do she needs to follow follow panda gossip on instagram (laughs) uh have you seen orange cat on instagram (laughs) no is it funny? oh gosh i've got us to do okay. the orange cat because it's it's me growing up in sports it's like this cat <laughs> like every time there's one like really athletic cat every time the ball like hits the cat in the head or there's one where the ping pong ball gets lodged in its eyeball oh I'm my like, gosh this okay. is why i never played ball sports this is me <laughs> i'll check it out that's awesome. orange cat that's awesome perfect yeah <laughs> so if you need to laugh just find yourself orange cat Um, yeah how are you you're hot it's hot there Uh, it's yeah kansas is on fire so um not literally i shouldn't say that because literally there's because canada's on fire and it's like right above us it's legit yeah um no it's just it's really it's not only hot but like yesterday it was um at like 7 8 a.m it was like 95 degrees and no joke 97 percent humidity it was like just you just you can't even go outside and that. do anything, right? Like you can't because it's just miserable. No, and then and, you're exhausted yeah. if you try to go do yeah. something like run or and, ride or. And I think for me, it's even worse. Like going in and out, like going out into that extreme heat, and then going back inside to like an air conditioned building. You're like, oh, yeah. oh, it's just it makes me nauseous. It's and I'm like I'm somebody that like likes the heat. I I love I love the warm weather. I love summer, but this is and it's it started it started Sunday, like it just ramped up. And then it's all the, it's all the way to Friday this week of like 105, 106, 107, and then just humidity rates that are, you know, above 80%. And you can see it when you look out the window, it's like, just, there's like a haze. that's just sitting there of like wet heat. It's gross. Don't, don't come to Kansas right now. Uh, I do not plan to, 
uh, I'm well, and you're sitting there in a flannel. Flannel. I'm I'm <laughs> practically naked, and, and Catherine's wearing a flannel. <laughs> so. Oh well, such well, is life. Such as I mean, I did live in Atlanta, so I did pay my dues for a long time. You <laughs> did. That's true. And I, 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 my sister. I had a sister that lived down there in Georgia, and like I went down to visit her one time in the yeah. summer, and I was like, this place is awful. <laughs> so <laughs> my friend always the called thing. it the devil's asshole. Yes. <laughs> It's an app description. <laughs> I'm kind of wondering though, do you think the devil's asshole would it's be hot wet air? Hot, <laughs> kind of moist and hot. <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, everyone. That. that was yeah, too much. For you. Well, if you didn't like yeah, that, we're going to talk about periods today on the podcast. Oh, we do. We talk about periods and saddle sores. So get on with so it. Just get ready. Dear <laughs> uh, um, Sazel has been sponsoring the podcast. Uh, they might have actually just rolled off. So if you didn't get the deal, you didn't get the deal. But if not, if it, we still have it, it's in the show notes. Hopefully they do because uh, their stuff's really rad. But um, we interviewed their founder, Frankie Holt. Like when they sent us their stuff, I started looking at her website and I was like, oh my gosh, she's got a really cool yeah, story. She's pretty incredible. Yeah. And like we get into it at the end of the podcast, but there's some ways she does design that I really love. So um, yeah, I think y'all are going to really enjoy getting to know Frankie Holt with Fierce Hazel. Hey all, it's your editor, Lindsay here. I want you to get ready to ante up for the ultimate gravel challenge this summer. Join us at the 2024 Trans Rockies Gravel Royale, where adventure awaits in the breathtaking Canadian Rockies. Experience the thrill of a unique three-day stage race surrounded by stunning scenery on secluded gravel roads in the British Columbia backcountry. With two distance options, the full pint or half pint distances, there's a challenge for every level of rider. And forget about logistics, Trans Rockies has you covered. Fully supported with tents, meals, aid stations, technical support, and even massage services. So all you have to do is focus on the ride. You'll stay at the picturesque Nipica Mountain Resort, nestled in the heart of the Rockies, and celebrate your achievements with daily podium awards, group dinner, and custom design memorabilia. After the ride, you can unwind at Chillville with cold refreshments, music, games, and camaraderie with your fellow riders. Don't miss out on this epic adventure. Register now at transrockiesgravelroyale.com and use the code GGG24GR100 to save $100 off your entry. The link and discount codes will be in the show notes of this episode. Embrace the challenge, conquer the gravel, and create memories that will last a lifetime. So go all in with us for Trans Rockies Gravel Royale this August. Okay. Hey, we, we have made it. I feel like I have a child with me today, so I feel like my whole day is sort off. Well, and last week we talked a little bit about um, how nice and cool it was here in Kansas. It's not. Um, it's. I'm pretty sure we're rivaling the temperature of the sun this week. It's oh. ridiculous. I yeah, it's flannel dis- shirt on. Disgusting. Yeah, you do, and I'm like practically naked. <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm trying to stay cool. So, yeah. Okay. Well, despite being hot and having a child that I don't normally have with me, it's my niece, Birdie, but, uh, we have a guest that I'm pretty excited about to have on today. We have uh, Frankie Holt joining us today. Welcome, Frankie. 
Thank you. I'm so pumped to be here after, I mean, I'm such a fangirl, so it's pretty <laughs> rad. <laughs> well, we're kind of fangirls too. We've yeah. gotten some of your fierce hazel bags and they are, they're amazing. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. So we want to get all into the story of how you started the company, all that stuff, but let's get with the important stuff first. Tell us your story of how you got on bikes and how you started riding bikes. Oh, actually, I didn't clip into a bike um, until after I turned 40. Oh, and nice. That was on the side of the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina. Um, and um, I never looked back. It was great. Um, I mean, I did bike. I biked in high school. It had like a, a, my, my Fuji 10 speed. Um that I got for Christmas that was, you know, stolen a few months later. Um, and then fast forward, I was in grad school at UCLA and I was going to commute on my bike, um, which I did, but then car culture got me um, after about six months. <laughs> um, and then life did what it did. Um, uh, and uh, long story short, back to the bike. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was doing indoor classes like spin classes, and I'd been actually um, um, obese for many years um, through my twenties and thirties. Um, and I typically I, I don't usually bring that into the bike scenario because people always want to know, oh, did you bike to lose weight? And that completely separate, nothing to do mm -hmm. with that. I mean, a little bit health and fitness, um, but it took me some time to kind of get my life together and kind of get happy again after some not great choices, life choices, <laughs> should we say? Yeah. Um, and, um, and yeah, so my sister actually for my 40th birthday, um, she, I grew up in Virginia and um, she, they bike and said, Hey, let me take you on a little bike trip. Kind of, we bike from hotel to hotel and um, it was just amazing. It, it yeah. literally changed That's my life. To, That's not one way to jump in. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it was great though. I mean, like I had a bike yeah. that didn't fit, you know, I, I really didn't, had never clipped into a bike before. I mean, on a spin bike, but never like yeah. actual Outside. motion. Um, well, it's not, it's super hard to fall over on a spin bike. Clipped it, in is. Uh, it, <laughs> is, no, it. it is I've possible. It. it is possible. It is possible. I know. <laughs> um, but it is more difficult too. You got to give me at least that. It is more difficult. <laughs> Um, but it is possible uh, yeah no well, but like, it literally like the getting on the bike and being outside um it did kind of change my life for the better um I mean for the better obviously and I realized recently that that you know I feel like we're all looking for a certain flow or a certain something and I realized recently that that um feeling of being on the bike in the mountains, in nature, with my family and friends, like that is what I'm constantly striving for, is that mm -hmm. initial feeling of, you know, like freedom, all that stuff. But it's really, um, it's, it's a good feeling when you, when you have it, you know? Yeah. Well, feel free to talk about this as much or as little as you want, but it's on your website. So like you had talked <laughs> about, <laughs> you had talked about, you came out of a challenging relationship. Uh, and I just was wondering, like, is that, um, was that part of that freedom on the bike? Like that you experienced for that? Was that part of? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, you know, definitely, um, I, I want to, um, I mean, I, uh, it was definitely, um, not a healthy relationship, very toxic, mm -hmm. a little abusive. Um, but part of my, you know, recovery and coming out of that was really working on myself. 
Um, you know, diet and exercise came later. Um, and um, that's why I'm often hesitant to talk about my obesity, which I had for years in relation to the bike, um, because of all the toxic diet culture. And it's just gets, right. I'm not a scientist, yeah. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nutritionist. <laughs> um, but, um, but I was getting healthier mentally. Um, and I was divorced. And that was amazing being single. I was so happily single <laughs> at 40. <laughs> yeah. um, and, um, and, uh, and it was being on the, it was a good um, progression um, as I got healthier mentally and physically um, from kind of being very much, I still am an introvert, but from being like inside um, being inside the gym. I've always been kind of a gym rat. I do mm -hmm. like that environment. Um, but I've never done anything really outside, you know, like I'm not a hiker. I didn't run. Um, I, it was, I mean, it was definitely part of my personal growth looking back, feeling strong enough mentally to get outside. Um, and it was, it was amazing. And it was great to have that initially the support system of my sister and her husband. Um, but then by the grace of like a beautiful universe, <laughs> um, when I got back to LA um, and I was so pumped on like biking, I'm like, okay, I got to keep this up. I just loved it, but I was living and still do live kind of in the heart of LA. And I had no idea where to bike, where to purchase a bike. Yeah. I knew nothing like, um, zero and by the again the grace of the universe I met um the next week the man who's actually now my husband but he is a cyclist um and I'm at a function of you know party book signing outdoor thing and he had just finished a like 90 mile ride and I'm like oh wow you know like <laughs> um and that's amazing yeah well it was amazing he all actually brings to my yeah. point like is that um he he's um um at the time he was um competitive cycling um, amateur whatever you know doing crit races in LA and um and he introduced me to a group of cyclists um here in LA that was I hate to say it not normal in the sense that they were like welcoming and wonderful and you know you show up for your first group ride um, road bikes and they were an amazing group of people the way um, it should be when you show up for a group ride <laughs> it should yeah. be and it's not always I mean yeah. it's yeah. often not always and I found that to be the case later um just how lucky I was that this group of people um yeah and there are a lot of um like people of color it was not the typical LA roadie scene and um and that is like that feeling of feeling included and that you're supposed to be here um, and we want you here is the, exactly the feeling that I'm trying to um, promote and and continue because it's 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 so important and it really it's it's about mental health and 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 just kind of being happy um, so yeah well kudos to your sister and husband for like encouraging that trip. right like, it's a, <laughs> right? A, a, a switch got flipped so. yeah yeah um, yeah, That's it cool. did. Um, and, um, I mean, it did leave me, you know, so that was when I was, um, 40. And so throughout the, uh, you know, for like, I got, you know, pretty into it, the whole, um, road bike. Yeah. 
I was going to say you didn't stop with that trip. No, I, I mean, I it was really, your, again, I read your website. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was fun. I mean, I met the, um, the people I met, the other cyclists, I mean, it was a community, you know, and, um, and then I, um, as things do happen, you, um, I wanted to get better physically and began to kind of, um, do events and compete. Um, and, um, and that was good for a, a while. <laughs> but when you don't start exercise, I mean, really exercise until after you're 40, you don't have the muscle memory and you don't, I mean, it was, it's hard to go to a race and because the point of racing is often to win, you know, or like, <laughs> um, and, and the vibe, that, and that's the thing is, that's also the vibe. I want to, but as I, I put this nicely, um, after a few years, I found myself in a circle of cyclists that weren't necessarily healthy mentally. You know, mm -hmm. it was that thing mm -hmm. that um, you have to be as fast as to be as good as kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know, and I was sucked into it. I was like, I mean, you know, I'm just a normal person and I was part of that um, vibe. Um, and then I, um, I, um, it got kind of be a little bit of a drag. Um, and I know I've heard like there's this, um, so it was 2015 and um, there's this, and back then there was no, from what I knew in LA, no gravel scene. Mm -hmm. um, and I did um, Belgium Wolf Ride, BWR in 2015. And so it was like 142 miles and, um, you know, however many million feet of climbing and um, the cool thing, and what I'm still uh, believe is that the, what was fun was the training. You know, mm -hmm. I was lucky again to have a nice group of really supportive men and women to um, train with. To, um, and I'd never been uh, ridden my bike on dirt or gravel. I mean, I was afraid. And so the training for BWR was amazing for my personal skill level, um, just to bring the road bike onto a gravel road or a dirt road. I was like, Oh my God, I can do this. You know, like it was a real, it was a big jump for me, like um, just skill and also confidence level. It was, it was great. Um, but the environment of the particular ride, especially that year was especially toxic. Um, oh, I've, heard, I've heard about the 2015 year. Yeah. In fact, a lot of the uh, women that I knew and um, kind of protests like dropped out, they decided not, not to go um, and completely valid. Um, but I was kind of pissed off. I'm like, no, like I did months of training. I actually even hired a coach to help me. Like, mm -hmm. what do you mean? I'm not going to do the ride. Like, heck yeah. no. <laughs> you know, like I'm definitely going to do it. Um, and, um, I did, you know, I finished and, and felt really accomplished, but then there were still like kind of this, because my time was slower than other people. It was still about how fast you were um even among us amateurs like it's just like it just didn't feel real comfortable um yeah as, as far as like fun I don't know you know I mean that's just my personal take on it um but then I did um continue to um train and then there was an event which is actually a very fun event called the Everest Challenge in the Sierra Mountains which was a two-day event where over the two days, you're on road bikes, but you bike um, the height of like, 28,000 feet in two days. Um, and I trained a lot, like doing 20 hours a week. And um, I, didn't, I didn't finish. And then, so looking back, what was happening personally was um, as a woman who menstruates, 
I was um, bleeding a lot and also had, I basically had fibroids. Um, mm. And the week leading up to the event, I was bleeding a lot to the point where I, I saw a doctor and I mean, everything's fine. There was nothing um, all taken care of. But at the time, it felt like I had a quote condition <laughs> or something that was, again, like we're all people in progress. I'm still, you know, especially then, but now we're still growing and figuring out how to be the best people we can be. But I felt as if it was something I couldn't really talk about. Like hmm. it was my own personal thing that I had to deal with, which was, I mean, silly anyway, but that's how that was the reality of it. Um, and then, um, so years later, I'll do a quick jump to when I started Fierce Hazel. Um, a lot of the first products that I made were with that in mind as a woman cyclist, especially a cyclist doing events where being fast and quick and being, you know, having short rest stops um, was a priority um, is that I often had to bring a tampon with me. Um, and especially in those porta potties, like you want a little handy wipe, like you want everything quick. Um, you want it right there in your Jersey pocket. Um, and you want to be able to access it, like be able to access it quickly. And, um, and so my first product was a little pouch called the echelon pouch, which was, um, initially designed for road racing or for um, to put everything that you needed in that little pouch. Um, but what was cool for me, what I found, you know, as I designed all this is that even though I had um, people who menstruate in mind is that it was designed for all people, you know, a little, a little slot, you can put a tire lever in there, a pen, a pencil, chapstick, like you don't need to, you can have universal universal design for all mm -hmm. people without being specific. And that was kind of um, an important lesson for me, I guess, you know, to be, um, uh, to think about all, all types of people, um, not when you design something, when you brand something, um, uh, it's just an important, one of my core values. Um, so, um, so yeah, so kind of coming from like the roadie background, even though I was 40 when I started, um, it was important for me to have things that were super lightweight um, and technical. Um, like I wanted to be like just as good as like the quote, the big boys, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but be like woman owned. Um, and on top of that, um, eco-friendly. Um, and so that being eco-friendly and being a small company, um, I had to be very creative um, and flexible. Um, and so what my solution was is to the, all the initial products were made from leftover material um, called dead stocked, um, but from the factory floor. So I visited the, um, the factory, um, which is in uh, Vietnam for the technical stuff. Um, and um, I was also the first and only woman they've ever worked with, which was kind of cool. Um, but by visiting there, I, I mean, I went to visit because I wanted to make sure it was ethical and um, just a good place to make the products. Um, but seeing they have this room full of leftover material and called dead stock. And then long story short, we use that to make all the first products and all the products still are um, have dead stock and old material in them. So um that's um, very cool. Yeah. yeah. I have never talked to a bike, anybody that worked in the bike industry that was like, I made this with menstruating women in mind. <laughs> 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 right. I, I feel like in the last 
two years, especially everybody's talking about periods, but mm-hmm. like even this was 2016, 2015, 2016, like nobody was talking about that then. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, again, I was a grown woman. I mean, I still am. I, well, kind of, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, is uh, it was, I mean, I felt embarrassed to have like a tampon showing in my Jersey pocket. It's just, and I just did. And so, yeah. um, I wanted to find a solution because I mean, I think that's valid, you know, um, and, um, a way to make things easier, like any little thing that you can do, like control the controllable, right? Like mm-hmm. any little thing that kind of helps you or helps a person. Um, and so that was the motivation behind it. And it is helpful. I mean, it has lots of more uses, but, um, um, and same with the, um, I have a, um, a larger, like, um, wallet, um, it's called the, um, the, the tour de fierce, um, um, wallet and it has the slot in front is designed for a tampon. Um, most people use it for a tire lever or, um, again, a pen or pencil. Um, but I'm kind of especially proud of that because it's not only is it, um, I think well-designed and really well-made, but it's the lightest full-size wallet out there. Like there's no, no other, um, cycling brand makes a full-size wallet that's lighter than that. That's, um, so I'm like, yeah, that's, that was kind of like a little yeah. accomplishment. That's that, that's the waterproof one, right? Yeah. Well, they're all water, waterproof. Yeah. Um, the one that's the ultra light, um, it has a, a coating that can, um, over time, but yeah, they're all waterproof. The one that's, um, I call it the ballistic black one, the, um, the, the, um, toward fierce is, um, is a little heavier. Um, yeah. and it's super, it's, I mean, it's almost, I don't, I don't want to say indestructible, but I'm, I'm really very proud of the quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're all like seam sealed and laser cut, um, and just really solid pieces of gear. Um, yeah. yeah. I took that one to Canada. Like I would do this trail running trip and it like, it didn't rain, but they were like, Oh, we could like, it could be completely rainy. So I took that one and I had like my extra charger, mm-hmm. like my phone charger and because you can't run it like you gotta take all the beautiful pictures right and then the yeah. cables and stuff and well, I was hello. like oh yeah. <laughs> this is perfect it was like a perfect size because it was waterproof and it was like easy to tuck into things mm-hmm. um yeah so anyway um, yeah. Yeah, no, there's I multiple have... uses for it yeah, well, yeah I'm big on picture taking like I, yeah. I I try to stop as much as possible and take pictures um and so that wallet has the um a slot in back which was designed to keep your phone really handy um, yeah. Really nice. Another cool design thing I ha- I made kind of a large um, pull strap um, for the zipper pull, um, and that was in mind um, if you have like full finger gloves on or yeah. cold weather. Um, but then it's another kind of design feature that makes it easier for all people to use it. Um, it's um, yeah, just kind of being committed to um, designing for all types of environments. I'm curious as to what your experience has been like being a woman, like building a company in the, in the bike industry, in the bike space. Mm. Well, that's actually an excellent question. (laughs) Um, It's, uh, um, well, it's hard to know otherwise because I'm, um, I'm a, I'm a uh, woman doing that in the bike space. I'm a cisgendered woman. So I don't really know how other people have it. I can, I can guess. Um, It is, 
Okay, well, for example, um, I started the business, a um, couple small products, we're doing pretty well. Um, after the first year, well, it was COVID, but even for COVID, it was, I did reasonably okay to the point where um, I had um, a distributor wanted to kind of take me on as kind of um, almost a business partner. Um, and again, I'm always learning, but I kind of started this business um, because the dominant cycling culture, I didn't feel completely accepted, uh, right? But as soon as like someone from like <laughs> that industry was like, hey, we want you on board. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, it's like, it's like when you're high school and like the cool kids, you sit at their table, oh, you know, and then you realize yeah. they don't really care. And they have no idea how to support you and what you need. Um, and because you're not part of their ecosystem. So it really, it didn't work out. Um, kind of no harm, no foul, but um, it, it kind of set me back because I put a lot of energy in, into that partnership. Um, and, and I mean, like, uh, I, I mean, it's, when you're part of a dominant culture, I find it as a human being as myself, be very hard to separate myself from it. Like I'm always learning. Like I, it's a, um, not a struggle, but I very easily fall into like what I see is like, oh, I should be like that. All right. And it's, um, so it's taken me some time to get my head focused of who my people are, you know, um, which mm -hmm. kind of led me actually to the, the gravel community um, and um, just making more of an effort. And the, the thing is like, it's like the, the numbers are there. If you're looking at a business, um, I was just breaking it down recently. I forget the numbers, but I say there's like 14 million people in the US who have bikes. And you break it down even more to those who ride their bike more than twice a week. And you have almost like 9.8 million people. Okay. And so, and how many registered racers are there? Like 110,000. So like, come on, like, yeah. <laughs> like the, the numbers of like, of, of people who enjoy cycling um, way outpace um, kind of that, um, again the dominant cycling race culture that it's easy mm, yeah. to get sucked into um and i mean again why i um really appreciate the gravel community is that what i see is it's um it's people putting in the effort it's not just saying that we're going to include be inclusive it's like that that distributor person it's like oh we want to take you on i like what you're about but not really putting in the work or the money to give the support that an outsider might need. Would um, need. Yeah. And um, it's something I, I it's um, Dr. Meg Fisher is actually, she um, took this from this from her, but it's and, um, the concept of we all deserve a seat at the table, which is like, yeah, sure. But then there's some people you want to like pull the chair out for, you know, like mm -hmm. you can't just say, Oh, Hey, you can come, you can sit with us but maybe you just got to get up and like give that person a little nudge and maybe give them some money or some extra encouragement. Like it, it's not just saying you want to include everyone. Um, it's putting out, it's putting the effort. Um, so for a business in the cycling community, like I, I I'm not here to, um, to, you know, change the world. <laughs> um, so it's easier for 
me to be in a community that I feel um, accepted. Um, and that is actually, uh, I, you know, I've seen it, people help me. I mean, just because they're good people, you know, mm-hmm. going out of their way to shoot the product, you know, on the bag with them, or even some, some pros, ex pros, like testing the gear for me and giving me their input. Um, I mean, that's going the extra mile. Like, uh, I don't know if I would see that in other, other cycling communities, like people, yeah. I mean, it's really heartwarming. Like I'm just, I mean, I'm not going to cry, but there's some people in the community <laughs> that are just so helpful and they continue yeah. to be helpful and, um, and real help, not just a pat on the back. So it's, um, so, I mean, also my, the, the other thing is that I, I didn't, my background isn't in gear design or in the cycling community. So coming into any kind of career, I mean, I've been doing it for a while, but late in life, like making the connections, I mean, that takes time yeah. in, anyway. Um, but it's, it, yeah, it's a little bit like the, um, yeah. Again, I love the gravel community because it, it's, it's more than just a pat on the back, you know, yeah. like yeah. you see. It's the um, family. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's sincere. Um, it's not, yeah, it's, it's, um, but yeah, I think starting a business, being a solo entrepreneur by yourself, any bit, it's hard, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hours, um, a lot of networking and it's, um, but I'm surprised. Like, I don't, I've been looking, there's not another uh, woman led, um, cycling gear company in the U S that I can find at all. There's a woman in Australia making something. There's people that do um, make things kind of custom. Um, but I haven't found another woman making gear um, in the U.S. as a as a company. Hmm. Do you guys know of anyone? Yeah, I can't. Because I've been looking. Just, I don't. <laughs> it's the uh, Catherine, but I think it's her husband that makes all the gear for Moose. What's it called? Moose? Oh, moose packs. Oh, yes. I'm like, why can I not yeah. think of the name? Yeah, there's a couple like, yeah. um, but couples. it's not like she's not the lead. Like she has another yeah, job. It's, yeah, he's the yeah, he's the lead yeah. on that. I mean, there's plenty of women. I mean, not plenty. Uh, not, I mean, we know there are. There's women. Yes. There's women. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's different when all of the responsibility and the planning and everything stops with you. Yeah. Right. And and all the decisions and and I think like probably one of the reasons I don't know who all's testing your stuff or helping you in the gravel community, but. I think a lot of the women like have had to hustle so hard. Like if they're on the pro level, like they're having to work. Oh yeah. Two jobs and they're having to, yeah, you know, like they basically run a business called themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so they get yeah. it. They're, they're, they're very good at um, helping other women come along. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to that point is a lot. Um, there have been some, you know, pro women who have found my product somehow and they often reach out through social like yeah. I mean, they're hustling. They're working. They're above and beyond. <laughs> they're working like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking you were talking earlier about menstruating and being on your period and how we didn't talk about it. I, I do think that culture is changing and that it, it made me think one of my favorite quotes this summer was Paige Onweller was in Emporia for several, uh, for like a month or so leading up to Unbound. And we were on a ride, like a group ride and everybody's lined up to go on this group ride. And there's probably like 30 people there. And she just rolls up and she's like, can we start having honest conversations about saddle sores? And like literally yeah. just starts talking about where saddle sores are. On Absolutely. And I was just like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> like, and it was funny to watch all these men just kind of be like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> it's like, 
yeah, it's part of riding your bike. I mean, it's all part of it. And it's, it's funny how, I mean, I'm hoping that's changing, but you know. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, saddle stores also, I remember having, I made that kind of point to talk about it years ago with other women, like give yeah. my tips. Cause I had some atrocious yeah. things happen at one point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and we talk about a lot about menopause, obviously within the feisty yeah. network. And it's like, there's things that change that yeah. are not comfortable on your bike anymore as things are happening during yeah. menopause. And like, we have a talk and like women just, and I'm definitely like, in the heart of perimenopause. And the other day I was like, I understand why people just like fall out of their communities and stop going because I'm like, my body is not responding the way it has my yeah. whole life of being active. Yeah. And it's frustrating and it feels like what the, <laughs> well, yeah. you're, you're confused. Like yeah. it's, it's like, this has always worked and now it's not working. And, and even like finding what works, isn't a straight path forward for anybody. Like it's all different. And so yeah. it's just, it's, I mean, it's important to be talking about it, but you know, just because something works for Catherine doesn't mean it's necessarily going to work for me or work the same for me. And it's yeah. just, you know, those conversations are hard and I don't, yeah, it's, it does make you rethink your why sometimes. And that's like, when yeah, you're so then, confident in your why, then it's like, what, well, what, what just happened? So yeah, it's weird. Well, I mean, that's why I'm but, in love with the whole, all of feisty media and, you know, yeah, talking about sure. it and because I'm, I'm solid menopause. Um, and like no one talked about it, um, and the changes and yeah, like you were saying, like you've been training a certain way or doing certain tricks and all of a sudden, nope. Um, and <laughs> like, where did this body come from? All I, of a sudden? I mean, <laughs> what just happened? I, yeah. Like, you know, or you're like looking for your keys and they're on your finger, you know, or yeah, all <laughs> of it. The amount of times that I do find my phone from my watch that it's like literally right beside me. Yeah. <laughs> or even when you do it and you're literally looking at find my phone on your phone, like that's <laughs> happened. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, it's right here. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's but also I'm, great. Like finding, I, it's, I mean, it's also that um, like women, to, not just to talk about it, but to exercise with and to bike with at this age. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, um, and that's why I love traveling outside of LA to go to events like I and I feel like I find my people um mm -hmm. when I leave I mean LA is great I mean I'm not um it's totally no, fine it's just yeah it's just well, a different it's, culture there's it's also a collection of your people so not only do you find a but there's it's like a it's just kind of a a wellspring of like yeah it's just a connection and then yeah, yeah. i mean i love la it's, i mean great great con great in malibu i mean amazing road there is there's some decent dirt that um i take advantage of but it's either kind of fire roads a little easy and then it jumps to like single track and pretty technical so um you can't do long rides without repeating yourself um why well, actually i mentioned this more um, before we started but my very first travel to outside of LA was to Patagonia, Arizona to Yay. go um gravel riding. And it's a, it's a you know it's a long drive, but it's a one day drive from LA. And it kind of like another moment that kind of changed my life. I was like, oh wow, this is what gravel, this is it. This is what people mm -hmm. talk about. Like this is you can just get on, I mean it was just I can't even speak, right? Because it was so fun. Like that's my happy place. Um, where it's a little bit harder. Also, I think 
about menopause and age and the type of writing that works well for my body now tends to be shorter, maybe harder rides or, you know, more power, but not necessarily, you know, hours and hours on the bike. Mm-hmm. So um, I can feel really good with a two or three, or even a three hour ride. Amazing on dirt. Like I feel like really satisfied, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, now, and now that I'm trying to um, travel different events outside of SoCal, um, I'm just freaking loving it. You know, good. it's just so, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, I think, it's, yeah, I agree with that. And I also think it comes with like, kind of building and creating your own business, right? Because feisty were very mm. much in a building phase. And I'm like, I don't have I don't have the bandwidth to like think about everything I need to go ride my bike all day on yeah. a Saturday anymore because I've got a lot of bandwidth that's going into building and growing yeah. this business. And so then it like I don't want another part-time job on top of it, which is yeah. like tra- trading 20 hours right. a week. But I want to go out and ride and have fun and just enjoy the experience. Yeah. Also yeah we have a life. Like we actually have a life, hopefully, you know, depending on what. Depends on what time of year it is. Well, <laughs> right yeah. now, I don't feel like I have a life. We've got a feisty yeah. strong course that's going on sale tomorrow. So, but yeah, yeah I mean, I hope, look, there's, I mean, I find, you know, like women, you know, for many reasons, mostly it tends to be um, childcare reasons that women get out of cycling for a couple of years or activity. Um, and so coming into this age, whatever it is, 45 plus, um, like seeing people get back into it, um, is pretty, is pretty fun. Um, and there's a different, um, different vibe that I, it's like a much less like stressed out about whatever other people think about you. And just like, I know, I understand myself more. I know my goals. Yeah. I don't care like that external pressure kind of goes away and I think melts away a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Where people just kind of, they're looking for this. And I think that's what attracts so many women as they're getting older into gravel is one, the safety. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to be on the road anymore. And then two, just that sense of like getting away adventure, feeling like you can relax. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's not that, I mean, it's, I mean, if you do it right, I mean, it's not that hard, you know, I mean, you need a little bit, I mean, it's a little bit of skill, but it's, it's especially now because that first ride I did, I mean, I remember back in 2015, um, like it was a big deal. I went up to 25 tires, you know, like mm. from 23 to 20. <laughs> that was a big jump then. Yeah, it was. And then, uh, I don't think know. I've ever ridden on 25s. Yeah. And some people are like, oh, I did 28. You're like, oh no, that's not. 28th year you must be you know not skilled enough but but I just um I put new tires on my bike this weekend a little bit wider than what I had and they're 45s and oh my gosh like so much more fun yeah like I mean it just it's fun um I'm always actually surprised because there is but there's not more um not just women but people out um on the on gravel um because I think it's it's a really it's a real nice place to be yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Well, uh, what's next for Fierce Hazel? Is there anything yeah. fun that we need to know about that's coming out or that you're working on? Um, well, I nothing new was we we just launched the new um the true grit um saddlebag and handlebar bag, um, which yeah. I was pretty really nice 
excited about, um, and it was kind of, um, took about a year to do the product development. Um, and that happened, like a quick backstory is when I was at the, um, the factory um, in Vietnam making the initial small products, uh, um, they were literally, like they were making these cocoon outdoor hammock thingies, I don't know how to describe them, but they would cut out a big circle of fabric and throw it away. Like literally this big sort of thing thrown into the landfill. And it was about mm -hmm. uh, maybe two by three inch square oval thing. And um, I had years prior found this vintage um, Swiss army bike bag, backpack um, that I kind of um, wanted to uh, make into a product. And anyways, that material, which was being thrown away made the first um called the urban explorer bag um but it uses this fabric called olefin um, um which is an outdoor fabric that i learned about um and so the new true grit lines made from olefin but what's and is a petroleum product but it's super eco-friendly because it's made from um the petroleum waste so when um people make all kinds of plastics and whatever they make with petroleum crap there's still waste that goes into the oceans. It's being kind of thrown away. So this um, material was invented in the '60s to use that that um, that waste, um, and so it's very durable and um, um, water resistant, and it's very lightweight. And there's no one else. I mean, honestly, and I mean, I'm going to say like the world or like in the U.S. for sure that's using this fabric to make gear out of. And I think that was kind of where my, like my superpowers came in at the factory is like coming in from outside the gear industry. Um, I think you're more open to seeing what's out there and being open to something different. Um, and it's been um, like fully tested and it's super durable, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about this material um, um, being used for, for cycling gear. So, um, so that's, they're, they're brand new and that's what I'm, I'm mostly excited about, um, awesome. getting that out and, and, um, and then hopefully in another year or so kind of a few more products based off that. But, um, I don't know, I think it's, I don't, I think it's pretty rad. Yeah. <laughs> One other thing I, I noticed when I got, uh, when you sent product to us, uh, was, um, the little wallet and then I went on your site and I looked. And you have chosen to create like a vintage look with women. Yeah. Kind of a tour de France vintage. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of taking this traditional cycling where women weren't allowed yeah. and putting women on them. And so what was the thought behind it was exactly, that? Exactly that. Like I really, I mean, I love cycling culture, all, all of it, you know, all of the tour de France, Giro d'Italia, like all the, all the classic European races. Um, it's just, I like it. But then where are the women? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and also, <laughs> so like, I'm going to create this. <laughs> yeah. So um, actually when I did the first one, it was before I knew the Tour de France that um, Swift was going to be, uh, um, you know, happen. Yeah. Um, and so I, I literally was like on a, on a um, street in Paris and found some a vintage um, Tour de France magazine cover uh, that I liked and worked with an illustrator to recreate it with a woman in the lead. Um, and the, um, some of the first branding I used was from a, um, a, um, Italian vintage poster. Um, and then some other ones, um, I use that, but put a 
person of color, like um, um, a male who's black um, as a writer, just because we just don't, we don't see those yeah. people in advertising and marketing. We, I mean, it's kind of crazy that we don't see it more. I mean, it's not, I understand it, but it's, um, yeah, I want to say it's not, I don't know if it's my mission, but it's, it's important to me that all people are represented, represented and included. Um, and it's not that hard. I mean, people, it's really not that, that hard. Wasn't, but it does <laughs> seem to be for a lot of people. Um, I did love it that, cause I, when I got it, I was like, I pulled it out. I was looking at it and I think you had sent a postcard or something too. Mm-hmm. And I kind of did a triple take and I was like, that's a woman on like, this is like a throwback look. And so I went and looked mm-hmm. it up on your website and I yeah. was like, oh, this is really cool. And I do love that. It's like, let's reimagine what our mind thinks is the history of cycling mm-hmm. and just yeah. go like everybody belongs in these spaces. Yeah. Geez, yeah. I mean, I'm so, I'm a, my background is kind of fine art and I'm definitely very um, visually, I learn visually and I'm a visual person in that respect. And um and yeah, I mean, also we, I mean, we buy uh, women are, um, are, are, we buy things that are with boy faces on it, you know, or it's, it's not that, and even my, um, my customer base, it's probably mostly, I mean, it's 50, 50 or maybe 60 male to female. Um, and people don't care Yeah, you know, as long as the product is good, yeah, you know, that's, it looks yeah. good. Like really, I mean, and if you care, I don't want you buying it. Like if you're that person, I mean, every now and then you get that, you know, I had a um, review of one of my first um, products with the tampon slot and um, there was some um, website that reviewed it and the comments were like, oh, they couldn't even say the word tampon. Like, you know, that's for, and they were just, I'm like, that's cool. You know, you're not my customer and I really don't want to be associated with that person um, because there's so many good people out there. I mean, it's really, there's. There's so many, I mean, it kind of, yeah, I mean, so many good people and ethics drive kind of everything that I do, both business and personally. Um, and there's just a lot of really good people out there. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm going to focus on. <laughs> yeah. it's, inter- it's been interesting, like with this, like, cause we always do some campaigns around, like we did some with the women's tour and then we have been doing a soccer campaign on like our main feisty media site. And of course we've gotten some trolls. And then uh, also like women that are saying, well, but men can do this too. And I'm like, they can. And like, yeah. if you actually look at the numbers, they are like, you're saying like, we have more men customers. Yeah. If you look at the viewing numbers for the world cup and for like the tour de France Sims, it's higher on men yeah. than women. So it's not like we're saying men can't do this because we're elevating women. It's saying like, we traditionally haven't been welcomed into these spaces. Yeah. And so let's take a minute to elevate these voices and to celebrate them because men are already watching women. Yeah. You're, you're already there. They're, they're, they're cool. already buying your products, right? <laughs> yeah. Like their voices have always been elevated. So anyway, it's just like been an interesting to watch that yeah. this year. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And also, I mean, with my, um, business business when I first started thinking that I would um, initially focus on like women only in the sport um and that uh, I mean that changed just because of the demographics of who cycles but also as I learned again as growing as a human hopefully always learning and growing 
but that I really want to include all people, you mm-hmm. know, men, women, um, trans, BIPOC, I mean, all like, not just- Just humans. Only, humans, yeah. And you can make stuff for everyone. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, tampons matter if you menstruate, but other yeah. than that, like- <laughs> Oh, and if you don't menstruate, like you said, you could put a tire lever in there. Yeah, pen in there. <laughs> pen. Like, how long have we been? Like, you know, like years. I mean, thankfully now there's more, you know, cycling kits, you know, for for women. Like, yeah. how long did we buy oh men cycling kits with like chamois that were the size of a pencil? You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I love all this. Um, where where are you going to be for the rest of the season? Are you going to any events to ride or to uh, have a booth for your yeah, um, or My next one or my first one, I'm going up to um, RPI, Rebecca, Rebecca's Private Idaho, um, which is is fun. I really in, enjoyed up there. I went last year um, as a vendor, but this time I'm going to ride um, and just nice. enjoy myself. Um, I'm going, um, actually I'm doing a gravel camp um serena bishop oh, has a, um, a oh, yeah, yeah. the special blend i, special I, blend. Oh, I, I keep saying amazing. i'm gonna go to that because i'm up here in washington state so yeah, you I need to go to that have to I, know. I went last year it was like just so well done so professional um so uh, anyway it was so good the first time i'm going a second time because it was really nice to be at a camp that was for intermediate cyclists and get real coaching like pros are there to help you um and all the I mean, anyway i'm doing that and then um there's an event here in socal called the um bovine classic i'll be doing that and i mean i would do more if i had the time just having your own business yeah. um right there travel, with you <laughs> it's, it's a bit you know yeah yeah <laughs> um, I, I understand but um yeah. Yeah, the more events I can go to, the better, just for fun, just because it just nurtures my soul, really. Yeah. Well, everybody should definitely go check out the Fierce Hazel website. And then where are the best places for people to follow you on social? Um, Instagram, I'm at uh, fierce.hazel. It's okay. pretty easy to find. And then my website. But yeah, I, I, I enjoy Instagram. I enjoy actually the the it's the community, you know, um, it's helpful. I actually, yeah. I mean, I love watching some of the... Um, the recent um, a gravel events that have the, the kind of the live feed on the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been like just so fun. Um, I don't know for me as a, again, I don't living um, out, living farther away. It's, it's been great. So I, I enjoy um, the community. Yeah. yeah. We, we've said, we've talked about that in feisty cause we, you know, we started in triathlon um, and I'm like, triathlon needs to get it together. Like nobody wants to sit in front of a TV and watch a live stream of a triathlon all day. Just do yeah. the stories like yeah. the gravel events are doing. And you can, yeah. you can follow it the way you follow everything else. Like, oh, but not. you know, people are complaining about the way gravel events do it. So it's like, people, I people think are always going to complain. You want to consume media. Like, I think it's yeah. great because it's an easy way to check in. You know, it's, yeah. it's an easy way to keep track of it and, and stay up to date without having to, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to sit committed. in front of my TV all day on a. this girl here loves it i mean whatever it's 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 working it's fun awesome yeah (laughs) well it's so it's so awesome to meet you frankie i'm so glad you came on this has been great oh thank you it's such a thrill i mean again fangirl over here but (laughs) (laughs) loving it
You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.